Welcome to the Next Level Life Podcast. This is your host, Tony Kane. I'm pretty excited today because there hasn't been a lot of good news come out of the coronavirus, but my guest today has basically said to coronavirus, nah, you're not coming in here and disrupting what we do. So Jeremy Fleming is the owner of Stage Kings Australia. So they're a massive stage company. So they build stages for the NRL, they do the Commonwealth Games, they do, you know, massive music festivals. And uh, essentially they had, on the 30th of March this year, they had millions of dollars of work lined up and overnight the events industry was completely decimated. So what you're going to learn about today is Jeremy's story of how him and his team pivoted the company and overnight changed from a stage company to a completely new business and now they're prospering. So strap in, I hope you really enjoy today's podcast. Uh, just before we get stuck in, a quick message. If you haven't already, I'd love you to head over to schoolforlife.org. So that's a charity that helps children in Uganda go to school. So if you've got a few spare bucks, I'd love you to either buy a brick for around about $30 or for $50 a month, you can sponsor a child to go to school for a whole year, which makes a huge difference to that child's family. So head over to schoolforlife.org and I hope you really enjoy this podcast. Thanks for hanging out with us today. So Jeremy, mate, thanks for joining us today. Not a problem, mate. Good. Thanks for having me. Mate, is it fair to say that you've maybe uh, handled the coronavirus a little bit different to most, mate, or? <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's a, it seems so. We, um, yeah, you know, we, we got hit pretty damn hard uh, being from the events industry. So we, on Friday the 13th of March, when the, when they banned all public gatherings, it kind of put a stop to all the work for the rest of the year, basically, uh, which was a massive blow. So, yeah. And I want to get into that, mate, because your story, for the listeners out there, and I'm not going to steal your thunder, it's just an amazing story. So I want to get into it. But, mate, if we can, take me back, mate. So how did you first get started in the events industry and, and how did sort of Stage Kings come to be? Yeah, well, we, we started the business five years ago. So we've only just gone five years uh, in March this year. Uh, and I, I've, I'm from a, a scaffold background, actually. So I used to sell scaffold to staging companies and uh, a German company. And then, uh, you know, I started working for, for one of those staging companies. And uh, then five years ago, I thought, well, look, you know, I think that there, there's probably a, another way to do things in the Australian market. Uh, at the time, we were doing uh, big, these big stages. They all look the same. And... Um, to me, I wanted to move more into that deck, which is the themed stuff, like you see in Europe, you know, Tomorrowland and, and those sorts of festivals. And so, uh, so we, we started five years ago and uh, very quickly got, got, uh, got quite a bit of traction in, in Australia. And it seemed that that's what the market was after. And so we, we did some big stuff like DEF CON and uh, you know, some big dance parties. But then we started to get some of the, the really big, uh, more uh, mainstream kind of stuff. So we built the, the opening ceremony for the Commonwealth Games in 2018, for example, which was a huge project for us. Uh, and, and then stuff like the Pop-Up Globe Theatre, we've built three times around the country. And, uh, and the Edinburgh Military Tap built the, the castle for that, a replica of Edinburgh Castle. So we, we got to a great amount of traction in only five years. Mate, I love it. And what do you what would you put that down to, mate? Obviously, you'd had that scaffolding background, but like, and I, I've seen, I, I love all. Like, I mean, I've never been to DefCon. I think I might be a little bit too old, but um, <laughs> I've seen the, uh, the what goes into the background of the stages just on your Instagram 
Jeremy. Like, mm. I mean, from you going from, okay, uh, scaffolding, working for that German company to sort of building a business of your scale, like over five years, man, like obviously a lot of elbow grease and hard work, but any other sort of, any other tricks that you sort of can sort of remember of what got you that success so quickly? Look, not really tricks, but we, we sort of have always just been open to having a go. And so we, we've, got, we've got a great team. That's, that's the first thing. We've got an amazing team. Mick Jessup, who we'll talk more about, our head of production, he's been with us since the start. And my wife, Tabitha, who's a, a director and my business partner as well. Uh, so we've got a really good team around us and we've always just had a go. So we'll, we'll talk, you know, a, a, a a customer said to us once, oh, I want to build a, a big stage in our backyard, but everyone says it's not possible. What do you think? And we said, oh, I think we can go bigger. So you know, we've, <laughs> always, we've always had that sort of can-do attitude and, and, and we've, we've just taken things on and just done uh, what it, whatever it takes to do a project the best we can. Mate, I love, I love that sort of growth mindset. So, so mate, so let's fast forward then, right? So last Christmas, like us all, you probably would have finished the year off pretty happy with how things have gone. Um, you have through yourself and the kids, you've gone off on a break and you probably got really excited about, you know, 2020 and beyond. So what was it, uh, before we get into sort of where we were, where we are now, what was going through your head only as little as sort of four or five months ago, Jeremy, and where you think the wow. business was going? We, we were in a really good place. We'd, um, we'd actually just bought uh, a very big new concert stage roof. So a, a huge thing, you know, like, like you'd see the big, big fest, the big tours using. So we bought that and we, we built it. We've only built it twice. We built it down at the Adelaide 500. Uh, we did the concert stage for that. And then we bought it back and we built Ultra Music Festival here in Sydney with that. And so that's a massive roof and it was a massive investment and we were pumped to, you know, we're going to start building this stage and uh, we, we're getting on to bigger and better things. You know, we, we do, uh, we, we build the course for Ninja Warrior. We build a, a bunch of really big stuff. So we, we were pumped and yeah. um, we looking forward to it. And, and, and we'd started a huge amount of projects, you know, this early this year, we were, we were on to into Ninja Warrior. We were doing the, the Formula One down in Melbourne a bit giant set piece for that for Miley Cyrus and Robbie Williams. And then it all happened. Well, yeah. So, and what, and when, when you say, so when, when did you know, was it, the, was it the 13th of March or when did you realize for the first time, shit, this is, this, we're in a fair bit of trouble here. Look, it really was that day. We, we were in Melbourne, Mick and myself were down there uh, on set, on the set of Ninja and and we were planning to go over and meet with the guys from England that we were building the the uh, the concert, the, the World Tour stage for it, the Formula One. And we, we knew it was all happening. We'd seen things happening in China and elsewhere and and that it wasn't great. But but we there's, there was never really any talk about too much issue here in Australia. So we didn't think too much. We, we It was kind of only a couple of days before that that the Formula One drivers were saying, oh, this event shouldn't be going ahead. And we thought, ah, oh, yes, that's surely there's nothing in that. But um, the morning the gates opened at the Formula One, Friday the 13th, that's when it all happened. They, uh, people were lined up there and uh, ready to walk in and they, then that's when they cancelled the event. And it was that day that uh, ScoMo came out and said, look, uh, no more public gatherings over 500. And that sort of, that put a, uh, it was like a tonne of bricks hitting us. We, we uh, literally, everything we had, cancelled over the next couple of days so we we've had to finish that we had to we, you know, we vivid went away the easter show went away all these music festivals we had locked in went away and 
in the space of 48 hours, we lost about two and a half million dollars in revenue for, for, for the next few months. Wow. So mate, play, talk me through those days, like play by play. Were you just obviously copying phone calls and emails and cancellations yeah. and how, how were you and Mick sort of, did you, in the moment, do you remember? Because I love, I love getting inside the heads of, of, of people like yourself in those moments, you know, like the, look at sort of Winston Churchill and you know in those moments I've got to make a call like do you remember going like were you sort of thinking how am I going to survive or we're gone talk me through it I remember it really clearly so the the first day it happened and we were at Ninja Warrior and and we just said straight to the guys then look this is happening Uh, we don't know what's going to happen uh, with this tv show but it's looking like there we're going to have to make some pretty big big decisions over the next uh, few days and so we, we planted the seed with those guys. The, almost immediately, we started to think of what, okay, if, if we lose everything, what can we do? You know, we've got, uh, we've got all the scaffold and all this trust. And, and, uh, and I remember Mick saying exact words. He said, look, it's a bit macabre, but I think we should probably make some hospitals, uh, you know, some temporary hospitals, pop up uh, waiting facilities and uh, testing rooms and things, you know. And so we actually went quite a long way down that path. We spoke to people from the hospitals in the area and, uh, and up in Randwick and got all the specs that we needed to build a temporary hospital facilities. And so we got full designs done for all that and we flicked it out to everyone and I flicked it out to the, you know, the, the councils and the hospitals. And uh, we got a couple of uh, responses saying, thanks, thanks for your time. It's not something we're looking at currently, but... Um, so, so that sort of didn't go anywhere, and, and we kept, we kept thinking, and all the while uh, trying to, you know, pre- prepare the guys that we may not have any work for the, God, the foreseeable future. We we weren't sure how long this thing might go. <clears throat> so, you know, we, uh, we 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 got everyone ready. We were also on the phone the whole time, talking to the bank and talking to our landlord, and just because the events industry was really the first thing that got affected, but the events and and then uh, the travel industry, you know. And, Yep, so we, yep. we were talking to the banks and saying, look, we, we've got no income here. Um, is there something we can do? And, and they, weren't, they weren't quite ready for that. Uh, our landlord was like, oh, no, there's nothing going on. You know, you guys will be right. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, so, so that was a lot of conversations. over, over And it was, it was one week that, that it sort of we, we went through the process from Friday the 13th until Friday the 20th of March. And Friday the 20th is when we said to the guys, look, okay, there's nothing... Uh, we have lost everything, uh, and we're not uh, we're not going to be able to get you guys in for for who God knows how long. And so they all returned their keys and took their tools and everything. You know, we we were ready for Mick and I to do two days a week uh, just to try and keep things ticking over. Yeah. And how many guys, Jeremy? At that time, we were on twenty three. So be, being in a, a staging company and uh, working events, we, we sort of expand and contract as necessary. So yep, depending yep. on the project, uh, Commonwealth Games, we had sixty five guys working, and Pop Up Globe, we have thirty five to forty. So at the time, we had twenty three. We, we've only got a very small core team of full time staff. We, there's only twelve of us. Um, and but that day, yeah, we we everyone had to move on and. I, I did I, coming from a scaffold background. I got all of our scaffolders and designers working with some friends of mine that own scaffold companies. So, you know, I felt pretty good that they all had something to go to. But because um, I um I just you, uh, you must have been thinking like shit like the last five years we've done Commonwealth Games, NRL, yeah. Ultra Music Festival, and and the, 
you obviously worked your butts off and in the in the future still is but you would have just thinking you know because you know in every business there's that first three to five year period where you know the first year you're sort of trying to survive the second year you're trying to you know pay yourself back some money and then the, <laughs> the third to sort of three yeah. three to five you start to have a bit of fun with it and you've crossed that sort of chasm of pain and you can start to go to that growth period so I imagine for you guys, it would have been, you know, kicking the guts that you just got, you're on the precipice of some massive growth and then, you know, all this happens. So, so mate, you've got to talk now. So for the listeners out there who, who aren't familiar with Jeremy's stories, you're, you're going to hear about here of what I believe is one of the great pivots. So mate, talk me through it. In a hospital idea, I, I wasn't aware of that, but mate, that was yeah. pretty logical at the time. I would have thought that, you know, that sounded like a yeah. pretty good idea. Um, so once that, once that sort of fell on its ears, talk me through, talk me through the next, uh, the next, uh, pivot conversations. Yeah, sure. So Friday, it was that Friday, the 20th, like I say, that was a pretty dark day where everyone left and we, we said our goodbyes for now. And, uh, we were, I was actually talking to a friend over in Ireland on Sunday. Uh, and, uh, he was saying how they, he's got a production company over there, flying, flying elephant production, they're called. And uh, he goes, oh, Jess, you know, uh, we're, we're doing some desks over here. You, you know, have a think about something like that. Have a think about some furniture. There could be something in that for you guys. And so, and it just flicked a switch. And uh, I sent Mick a text at 11 a.m. on Sunday morning. He said, mate, have a look at this. We, we've got to do this. We've got to get into building work from home furniture because yeah, it, yeah, everyone's about to be working from home and uh, you couldn't actually buy a desk at the time. Our office works didn't have any and uh, Freedom Furniture they were saying they had an 18-week wait on desks. Wow. So that was Sunday. Yeah, it was crazy. So that was Sunday. Uh, Mick, uh, and there's a, there's a series of, of, you know, coincidences here. Mick designs furniture and he's, he's a fan of design in his spare time. So he, um, he got straight onto it. And by Monday morning, uh, we, we agreed to meet up back at the office and have a look over this. And he came in with two plans for for this for the standard desk, which we now call the ISO King desk, and the stand stand up desk, a standing desk. And he had three D printed them that he printed overnight the night before. <laughs> so we uh, we we looked at it. That that's we got to do this. Let's uh, let's let's hit it as hard as we can and as fast as we can. And so we had a couple of sheets of ply in the workshop. And we cut them and made a couple of the first first prototypes. And uh, by Monday afternoon, we scoured around. We actually went knocking on a few doors around the Shire and saying, oh, have you got, any, you got a couple of birch, uh, she- sheets of birch ply we can, uh, we can buy off you? <laughs> we ended up, end up getting a couple of really nice sheets of birch ply Monday afternoon. And, uh, and Monday night, Tab, uh, Tab and I wrote the e-commerce site on the website. We'd never done any e-commerce. We'd never done any retail. But um, she, she, she had a bit of experience, luckily. And so we, uh, we got the e-commerce site set up and on Tuesday morning, we, we did a photo shoot at my house uh, with, with, the, with the, the desks and we were live by 3 p.m. Tuesday afternoon. And that's, uh... <laughs> I remember, I remember, I, did, I can literally remember, um, obviously I'll, I'll follow your Instagram page and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, clever, very clever. I thought you might, you know, it might punch. I thought it was a bit of a family and friends thing, mate. So, well, yeah, that's what you we probably thought. did too. Yeah, <laughs> we, we, Mick thought, Mick and I thought we would get a couple of guys in the workshop to, you know, to cart and sand, and we'd sand ourselves, and we'd drop desks off to people on our way home in the afternoon. Yeah. We, we, yeah. we literally thought it'd be a few of us that um, that uh, that would keep going, you know. And as it turns out, within uh, on that first afternoon, we sold twenty desks. 
so we were like, oh shit, hang on, there might be something in this. Uh, we, we had to call a couple of the guys back for the Wednesday. And, um, and mate, it's, it took off from there. Yeah. So talk, that, so when you say post, took off. Well, that, that first post went, went viral. We, uh, well, yeah, what, what we, we're now calling viral. It's uh, yeah. seemingly like million people, uh, that, that first post and shared 1500 times. And, um, and, and I, in that first post, I was just open and honest uh, with everyone. So, you know, it was, we just said, look, there's, we're here and, uh, we've lost everything at the moment and we're, we're turning our, you know, turning our tools to, uh, to making these, this home office furniture and, uh, you know, and, and, uh, we, we, you know, we, we'd appreciate if you gave us a go and, and everyone did it. Uh, so everyone jumped onto it and we're, we're seven weeks in now and we've sold over 7,000 uh, pieces of furniture, which is just mind blowing. Wow. And, and where, what does that make you think? Like if the world went back to normal tomorrow, Jeremy, cause I've, I've noticed this sort of pivot in a lot of clients that I've coached where I've helped them talk about, okay, well, we can't do this today, but what can we do today? Right. So, you know, with restaurants who have now takeaway and things like that. So um, with making yourself, right. What is it, how does it make you sort of think moving into the future? Naturally you'll be, you'll be going hard back into the stage game once the, the world goes back to normal, but is this going to be an ongoing, you know, side of your business that you'll continue? Do you think? Look, I think we'd be crazy not to. Um, we, yeah, we we do, we do. We we think we're looking at it now as though we're, look, we're focusing on it with everything we got at the moment because we can't actually see that we'll do a big stage. I don't think we'll have a big music festival or a big tour from overseas until potentially late next year. You know, some maybe spring twenty twenty one. So yeah, we're, yeah. We're, we've we're sort of putting it all on the line for this one. We've we've got to push it as hard as we can, and we really see a new focus uh, from the consumers in Australia here. They, they're, they're really turning back to Australian manufacturing and buying Australian made, and the support we're getting because we are now manufacturing in Australia, and uh, we're manufacturing a quality product, you know, it's a, it's a sustainable product, we're recycling everything, so we're, we're trying to do everything so that we can actually have uh, a manufacturing setup uh, as, as part of the business or as another business moving forward yeah, that's amazing and um do you think um you know what's would be the growth plans like from i mean if you looked at your last seven or eight weeks you'd have to be pretty confident about the next 12 months look yeah we are we've we've also we're also releasing new products all the time we've seen that the uh that the actual desk the the work from home desk has has slowed up a bit we've sold about two thousand of that particular desk but it's uh, it's it's sort of dropped off a little. But we're coming up with new products all the time, and what we're doing is we're start we've got a dialogue going with our with our audience, <clears throat> who um, uh, we're, we're saying to them, well, what what do you need? What do you guys need while you're at home? And people are saying, oh, we, we need a puzzle board, you know. And seventy one people uh, commented on that post saying, yep, we, we want that too. So we made it, and uh, we sold a couple of hundred of them in a couple of days. And um, and now we're talking about a couple of other things, you know, easels and uh, different pieces of furniture. So. It's a, I, I, it's, I think there's a very good market moving forward. And, and like I say, we, we want to push that manufacturing part. We're, we're also now moving into more of the return to work business. So we've got a corporate sort of offering now where we, we, uh, we're, we're following the government's uh, COVID uh, guidelines that they've just put out. We can go into an office building and put partitions up and, and make their office so that it'll be compliant when they bring people back. Uh, so that's that's another part of, the, of what we're doing now. So, uh, look, I think the future's bright. Mate, I love it. And, and I, 
I suppose with a lot of help from um, your wife and Mick, but Jeremy, like you would have had a chance, you would have, there would have been a moment, you know, back then when you said, oh, I'm just going to, and did the quit word ever come into your mind? Like, was there ever a, a minute there where you thought, I'm, you know, for lack of a better word, I'm, I'm gone here, I'm, I'm, I'm rooted? Yeah, look, it, it, it did enter my mind. I never kind of believed it. Um, but at one stage I said to me, you know, if this all happens, we could lose the house here. And, um, but it ne- I never really, you know, all I really was thinking is, oh, here's an opportunity, I'll get my backyard mode. Finally, you know, <laughs> I'll paint the same bedroom. That, that, yeah, it still, still hasn't bloody happened, Tony. <laughs> I know what you mean, but so, yes, yeah, so, you know, we are we, pretty. We we all we're always thinking positively, and and um, just the way that our business works. Anyway, every stage we build is different, so every project we have to look at from a different angle, and we look at it with new eyes, and and that's how we we've, we've looked at these desks. We sort of jumped on it. And we've just looked at it as another project. What, what, do you, what do we need to make this project successful? You know, what, what crew do we need? And, and so the other thing we have, uh, look, in our favour, I want to say, but it's, it's, it's not good for the industry, but the whole events industry is out of work. So we put out the call to the whole industry. So anyone that wants to help, come and give us a hand. You know, we've got work for you. So we've got, we've got guys downstairs that run venues. We've got guys that clean festival sites and manage festival sites. Uh, all these different uh, event crew down helping us sanding and delivering desks and packaging desks and it's just such an amazing place down there now mate i love that and i wanted to ask you jeremy about the power of social media because uh, like you said to everything yourself you built the e-commerce you know in one night and i think a lot of people out there you know obviously you didn't build the, the next facebook it took you a couple of hours like a bit that shareability so i had a um i had a uh, author and a social media guru, Brennan Kane, on this podcast a few weeks ago. And he went from zero to a million followers in 30 days. And I asked him, what was his number one thing? And he said, it wasn't fancy content. It wasn't fancy copywriting. It was shareability. So do you think with the, with the ISO furniture that you've, you've built, that, like you said, that, that post went viral, that people just, it was a story that people connected with and wanted to jump on board with? Is that, is that what you think happened? Yeah. Mate, it's it's all about the story. It, it's really we, we've got a story that people have connected with, like you say. Uh, at the time, everyone needed desks. There was a real real uh, chink in the uh, supply chain, and so because of that, everyone had been talking. You know, over the last few days, with someone that couldn't get a desk. So as soon as they saw ours, they posted, "Oh, here, ch- check this." So we really. And we've got no experience in social media. You know, we, we, um, we've really just the whole time done what's felt right. Uh, and, and that means, you know, I actually did a post yesterday where with, with all these, there's a lot of other people on the similar sort of path as us now and uh, seeing the success we've had and, and, and having a go at that. They're all getting, all paying influencers to, to promote their products and dress their products up. And that doesn't feel right to me. So we're not doing it. We're, we're putting it out to our the people that have bought our desks, you know, you guys post some photos of how, how you use the desks and, and that's going crazy as well. So we just, we just do what feels right for us and, and be open and honest and uh, yeah. And it's working. Mate, I, I, mate, that's like, hallelujah. I'm really glad you said that because um, 
I think that influencer space, it, it is a little bit crowded now when the and authenticity is probably falling out of it a little bit. And I think, um, and I, I think people, you know, they just want a really nice story to follow. And, uh, mate, I'm, I'm really proud of you, mate. And I think that you, you and the team there, you deserve everything you get because um, I know from a business owner and, you know, working in coaching so many other business owners, it's been bloody tough, mate. And, like, it wouldn't have been, you know, no one would have... Um, you know, I suppose begrudged you if you said, "Listen, the doors are closed. We had a we had a crack. It just wasn't to be." But if that, that ability to pivot and 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 have that positive energy, and I just love how you've not only brought your boys back, but you're now helping other people who who need a bit of work. So, mate, I'm mate, I, I want to take my hat off to you, buddy. It's a it's an amazing story, and I, I know that you're only just getting started. Yeah, we, yeah. Thank you, mate. We're we're really uh, excited about what the future might hold. You know, someone actually said to me a couple of weeks ago. So the desk, the desk can't last, you know, they, they, they <laughs> and I said, tell that to Ikea, you know, Mate, you, uh, I, I know uh, for listeners out there, I just keep, I've been walking around my house, just taking photos of things and sending them to Jeremy saying, oh mate, here you go, yeah. wouldn't, mind one of, <laughs> wouldn't mind one of these, wouldn't mind one of these, uh, that'll all fit in well. So, um, we've got to get on to that. Yeah. Mate, exactly. So, so mate, talk me through. So fast forward, right? I, this is the question I, I want to uh, leave you with this. So fast forward, mm-hmm. the last five to 10 years have obviously been great for you and this has been a hiccup in the road, but. What would have to happen for you, you both on a professional and personal level, Jeremy, over the next 10 years to, to feel like you've had a really remarkable decade, do you think? Wow, I, I kind of already feel like I have. But um, I, I think if we can get this manufacturing part up and running, I really think that that's a, that's a great business going forward. Um, it's a, a, a real scalable business. We could, uh, it could potentially be a global business. Yeah. Uh, so yep. for me at the moment, that's what we're focusing on. I, I know staging is going to come back and we will uh, get back into that hundred um, percent. But for now, we're really focusing on this furniture and the fabric and the manufacturing. We're getting asked, uh, we're actually opening in New Zealand in a couple of weeks. Uh, so we're, we're getting asked for a lot of stuff internationally. We've had at least three dozen uh, calls from the states to, to send product to the states, uh, Singapore. So, look, I, I actually think that that's probably more the direction we're going to go now. I love it. I love it. Who would have thought that? You know, if I was having a beer with you at the end of February and I said, "Hey, mate, in two months you're going to be, uh, you know, manufacturing and potentially shipping to, you know, all across the world," you would have you would have uh, thought I'd had too many beers. I would have thought. <laughs> We probably would have. Um, <laughs> yes, I would have thought that. It's it's just been a real. Uh, it's crazy. It, it, it's this virus has come and flipped the world on its head, and you know, everyone had to change and change quickly to keep up. And you know, I, I you see a lot of people that haven't really got their head around that they've needed to change. For example, we we got an email early on uh, after about three or four weeks from uh, a furniture designer. That said, uh, you know, and, and this guy, this guy does amazing stuff. Puts out furniture for you know three, four thousand dollars for a desk. And he said, ah, oh, you know, I, I, it's great that you're putting guys back in work, but you know, flooding the market with this sort of uh, cheap product isn't isn't what we need. It's not doing us any good. And I thought, you know, you you don't know your market then. You know, it's your market. This is your market, and and you're going about it all wrong. So everyone had to change, or they're going to get left behind. Hundred percent, mate. hundred percent, and uh, mate, it's like the thing. Yeah, the, the market 
nothing's nothing's the same. You know, that was no. the market. Now this is the market and the whole the whole world's experience even actually changed. And uh, the winners are the ones like yourself who have acknowledged that firstly acknowledge it and then second adapted to it and, and taken an action. So, so mate, thank you so much for coming on board today. Mate. I won't hold you up. I know you've got desks to, I know you've got designs to, to do and you've got uh, things to do, but, but mate, lastly for the listeners out there, so where do they, where do they, um, what's the best place for them to have a look at your, 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 your gear and, and, and purchase it, buddy? Sure. Look, the website's the best place to start, stagekings.com.au. Uh, we're also on Instagram, stagekings underscore AU and stagekings Australia on Facebook. And the, just one other thing before we do finish up, I just want to, we're also supporting a, a really, a charity that's really close to our heart here in Support Act. Uh, so for every desk we sell, we're donating $10 to Support Act, which is a charity that looks after the events and the alive the live event industry in Australia. And so there's 600,000 event workers out of work at the moment. And these guys are just helping those guys through this really tough time. And so we've been giving $10 per desk. Uh, after, after the first month, we donated over 20 grand to those guys and we're hoping to keep pushing that forward. So if anyone else can help uh, by supporting Support Act, uh, we'd grace, greatly appreciate it. Mate, absolutely. Good on you, mate. You're a good man. And what I'll do, buddy, I'll make sure I put the... Um, the website, the Sport Act website in the show notes so people can get access there. Because I know I've got clients in the same boat who, you know, they've been rocked by being working in the event industry. So, mate, you're a good man. It's really it's really good that you do that, man. And it's not surprising that you're getting a lot of good things that happen to you guys because you're, you're putting a lot of good stuff out there. So, um, so mate, you, you take care, mate. All the best. I'm, I'm, I'm pumped and excited to see how you guys grow and develop into this new sort of stream of your business, mate. And I wish you every success. Good on you, mate. Thanks so much for having us on and uh, I look forward to getting the shoe rack sorted for you. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Um, there you go. That was just an amazing story. I just I just love the story of someone going, okay, we're gone here. This is all over. But then there's just that before they quit and shut up the shop, they go, what if we did this? And, you know, I just would love if you're listening out there, whether you've got your own business or you, you work for someone and your whole world's changed, it's, apart from all the doom and gloom, I'd love you to start thinking about what what could I possibly do that could I could change things to make sure that I can get not only get through this but take my life to a whole nother level. So thanks so much for hanging out with me today. I really appreciate it. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button. That way, every time I put out a new podcast, it'll come straight to your phone. And uh, if you're feeling friendly, feel free to leave a rating. That always helps us get access to more people through the podcast. So stay safe, take care, have a good week, and I look forward to catching up on next week's podcast.